Welcome once again to Jim and Pat's Glasgow West End Chat, everything about Glasgow's West End. My name's Jim Byrne and the pat in the title is Pat Byrne. This is episode 16. Now in this episode, Pat goes along to Fruin Farm in Helensborough and she speaks to Mary Irvin. Mary Irvin's a long-time friend who is a writer uh, and she's... Uh, enthusiastic organiser of all sorts of writing activities in the Helensborough area and Western Partnershire area. She's uh, produced numerous publications about local history, written a lot of pamphlets and stuff and books and she's in the middle I think of writing her own novel and she also writes for Pat's website glasgowestend.co.uk and she used to run various writing groups uh, in Helensborough and we've actually been down there on occasion to participate. So she's such a sort of whirlwind of activity and a real enthusiast that it's, uh, it was a joy to have her on the podcast. So let's, uh, well actually before we go over and, and listen to Pat and Mary, can I just ask you if you don't mind, uh, in your app, if you give us a nice rating, perhaps give us a nice comment, subscribe if you've not already subscribed to the podcast, and something I would like to get started if you're out there listening, please send us any questions you have or any, because we'd quite like to have a wee, a wee feature in the podcast where we answer your questions about the West End or about us or about, or about anything uh, you have in your mind or suggestions of people we can uh, grab and interview. Okay, that's my bit there. Let's go over and listen to Pat and Mary Irvin. Fruin Farm with Mary Irvin and Mary's brought me up here to, to see what's happening. She's been talking about it for a wee while and has some super events going on up here. Mary does a lot in the Western Bartershire area for writers so I just wanted to catch up with her to find out what she's been up about, up on about, <laughs> what she's been up to <laughs> recently. So this is Mary Irvin. Okay, um, I brought Anne. (laughs) Where did that come from? Uh, I brought Pat up to Fruin Farm because I've been coming fairly regularly now since uh, the beginning of autumn last year when I discovered this place and decided it would be perfect um, for an event which I call Meet the Author. Uh, My idea was once a month just for a period of three months, to invite a local author along um, in a sort of question and answer, friendly session, in a morning, Thursday morning. And we've been very successful. The first three, we had an average of 18 to 20 people, um, some really good authors, um, a mixture of genres, that was one of my points. We must have some a different genre each time. So we had, for example... Uh, Robin Lloyd-Jones, who's written 14 or 15 books, and Ian Skewis, who's just um, written his first book, and a poet. They were so popular, people said, would I repeat it? And I had intended to repeat it again in autumn this year, but people said it was too long, so we're in 
Well, you can't be in the middle of three, but we've just had two. Um, the first one was Mary Edward, a writer of historical fiction, and the second one last week was Sean Barrington, who came from Drimmen, a wonderful storyteller and an absolute mine of information on Scottish folklore, myth, legend, could have listened to him all day. The next one is Chris Fine, who's coming from Renfrew, um, which is stretching the local bit, but it's still Scottish, um, who writes for children. Um, that'd be fascinating. Um, the owner of the farm, Wayne and I, were very keen to see if we could extend these literary or more educational things, and that's what Pat's doing here, because we hope that there's a big event coming off soon, which you'll have to keep on to Pat's guide to the <laughs> West End and find out all about yeah. it. Uh, the other thing that I'm involved in, and we've just started recently in Balloch, George Gibson, Anne McKinnon and I were coming back from the SWC one night in Anne's car and we saw, oh, why do we always have to go up to Glasgow for open mic and, and readings? And Anne said, well, you did try an open mic in Dumbarton. Why don't we try a regular one? Um, and after an upset about venues, we finally found the function room at the Ballock House Hotel, which is an absolute wonderful room. Again, you'll have to look on Pat's guide under my name uh, to see a picture of it. And it's been very successful. We've had people travelling from Glasgow, one from Cumbernauld. Um, people come in, book on the night. Some people even come and eat um, at the hotel. Um, we've been made very welcome, and that is continuing. It's the first Monday, sorry, Rios, um, of every month. So just come along, drop in, no charge. All genres welcome. We're, we're not censoring anyone unless it's really offensive. As for myself, um, those of you who read me regularly, I think I've got double figures now, Pat. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do tend to write a lot about Greece, um, where I used to live, and they were very happy years. Um, I finally finished my novel, which is based on the island of Spetses, and as a friend described it, thinly veiled biography, but I'm saying nothing, <laughs> what is biographical and what is invented. Um, I'm quite pleased with it. Um, the editing was, uh, oh dear, don't even go there. Uh, but it is ready for publication and I hope that it will be available on Amazon sometime in May, mid to the end of May. I'm not being too optimistic there. And especially to get you in the mood to buy my book, there will be a freebie available, hopefully in the next week to ten days, Memories of Spetsis, which will be um, only available on Kindle as a Kindle download, I think possibly at 2 .99. If I do my sums, it could be $1.99. Um, and that will give you a taste of life on Spetsis. Otherwise, I'm 
ranting about things in the news. Um, but life's good. My goodness, busy, busy woman. Mary, what about um, the work you've been doing on, um, is it Margaret Harrington? Yes, I left that alone for about six months for two reasons. One, um, I was not too well. My immune system was down and just didn't have the energy to do anything. So everything went to pot. However, not touching it for six months has done me the world of good. Lots of authors recommend leave it alone, come back to it. And I'm now on a roll with it. Um, the Camera Cine Club in Dumbarton are going to put all the interviews I did onto CDs for me because I recorded on a, you know, an old cassette thing but they can put them on CDs. So all those are going into the Glasgow Women's Library and also into the Dumbarton Archive, so they will be there. Um, all the people who sent letters, emails, and the transcripts of telephone calls that I've made all around the world, um, they will also be recorded in the book. So there will be um, a record, because I think it's very important that this lady's life is recorded. Do you want to just say a tiny bit about Margaret Harrison? Harrison. Um, yes, she and her husband, Bobby, and her sister, Elizabeth Burnett, were very well known in Dumbarton uh, for their peace campaigns. They demonstrated a lot, totally peacefully, um, were never aggressive, they didn't believe in it, they, they lived there. Um, beliefs. A wonderful lady, very modest. When I spoke to her last, she died a couple of years ago, um, she said, why are you writing about me? I'm nobody special. And that just about sums her up. Um, she worked tirelessly, never had any money, uh, but would give away her last halfpenny. Um, and it, it's just wonderful. And when the book is finally published. I'm not calling it a biography because so many people wanted to contribute that it wasn't me compiling a biography. It was people's memories, so I'm calling it a memoir compiled by Mary Irvine. Um, another reason that the break did me a good, um, was a good point, any writer of historical fiction advice if you're thinking of writing historical fiction don't get hung up on the research it is so easy you get bogged down with the research and then you literally cannot see the wood for the trees but that break enabled me to say why have you written all this it's not necessary concentrate on the woman and so yes i've managed to zero in on margaret and people have given me the most wonderful stories, books. Um, I had access to 40 years worth of diaries of Elizabeth Burnett, her sister. Fantastic social background there. And they really ought to be typed up. The ink is fading in those diaries because it's that old purple ink that you used to mix with powder, not that I remember it in my primary school. <clears throat> um, and it really needs to be recorded. Um, people gave me photographs. Oh, no, you can have those. 
uh, you know, documents. I had access to documents which people said, don't tell anyone I've lent you those. I'm not saying nothing. Um, I'm, you know, it's just a wonderful experience. You know, Mary, it, it does sound wonderful. It, it sounds as though it could make a fantastic television documentary. Oh, I never thought of that. Um, there, have, there was um, a short piece about Margaret and Bobby's um, life on one of the channels. And interestingly, when she died, um, I've forgotten what the programme's called. It's on BBC Four. Um, it's not Last Rites, but it's something like that. She was actually... It's important people who died during the week, and she was one of them. And there was quite an obituary in the quality newspapers as well. I've also spoken to... Um, several people of importance. Lord Macfall came to my house. <laughs> I was very disappointed because I expected him to come in his coronet and his robes. <laughs> um, and I think the mostly, for me, the first, one of the first contacts Margaret gave me was the personal telephone number of Bruce Kent. Now I remember Bruce Kent from the CND days when I carried banner um, and as Monsignor Bruce Kent I thought I can't ring up Bruce Kent <laughs> you know on his <laughs> private phone she kept saying have you rung Bruce yet and Bruce Kent used to stay with Margaret when he came up to Faz Lane right. and there were these wonderful pictures mm -hmm. one especially of Margaret looking endearingly and hero worshipping this giant of a man because she was about four foot ten and he he's well over six foot and you can see the adoration in her eyes. When I finally got through to him, I, t I told him this story. He thought it was highly uh, uh, that I, you know, I was so scared of phoning him. Um, and as I say, I, I've rung America. Um, Margaret and Bobby went on this wonderful pilgrimage from Iona to Canterbury one Easter. Um, on bicycles, and Margaret and Bobby rode a tandem. They were famous throughout the area for riding this tandem. And uh, Margaret said they had um, awful arguments about this tandem while they were actually on the tandem. And apparently they did argue quite a lot. People <laughs> mentioned this, but they, something worked because, you know, they were married for a long time. No, no, Bobby was always in front. <laughs> Well, at least that was settled. Yes. Um, it, sounds, it sounds absolutely fantastic. You know, just one other thing I wanted to ask you about. I know that you have, um, you know, you've worked hard for a long time for on behalf of many writers in Western Bartonshire, and I know that you were trying to arrange something with local libraries, that there would be a resource for writers. Did that ever come to fruition? Yes. The problem there, people, there was a series of, you mean the series of books, local yes, tales. Mm -hmm. Anne Marshall, um, book illustrator, local artist from Dumbarton and myself, decided we would like to encourage people generally, but children in particular, to become interested in local history. And we produced these series of booklets, book four is coming out shortly. 
disappointing in some ways. We can't find anywhere to take them as an outlet, apart from Fruin Farm, which is a bit out of the way. Nobody in Dumbarton would take them. We tried everywhere. We tried Ballock, um, the information centre. The girls in the information centre thought they would, but an office in Glasgow said no. I did go into a couple of schools and they were very interested. They wanted to buy class sets. We cut the price down to just production costs, uh, plus the 50p of each book which goes to the Beetson Cancer and we've already given £300 to the Beetson. We don't take anything. Expenses, going to sites, you know, the ink on the computer that's used. We do not take a penny, because that wasn't the idea of the books. And sadly, one of the reasons that um, the schools, in particular, who were interested, they haven't got the money. Um, we did let the libraries have them at cost price, and the li they're in the library. Um, and also, I heard recently, which is very sad, that the libraries in Western Barton have had to cut back drastically. The schools no longer have a librarian. And I, it was only recently that I realised not everyone who works in the libraries nowadays is a librarian. They are administrative assistants. And so the old-fashioned librarian, who was a an absolute encyclopedia of every book that was on the shelf. And I went to one library, really, uh, recently, to ask for a specific edition of John Fowle's book, The Majors, who wrote it on Spetsis. <laughs> um, I had to spell both the title and the name of the author because the young lady had never heard of either. And one of her co colleagues, an older gentleman, he knew immediately, he told her. Mm -hmm. And I suspect he was probably trained as a librarian. But that's very sad that the children are not going to have the benefits of a real librarian. Uh, and maybe things are changing, I don't know. Maybe I'm expecting too much. But I do... Western Barton, Pat, is... There's so much talent there. Mm -hmm. Writers, poets. Um, and it's not just been... It, it's not been tapped into. Um, and Pat and I, actually, anybody who's listening, we're sitting now looking at this wonderful place, Fruin Farm, which is ideal for a centre for writers, for musicians, for yeah. events, got, for I festivals. Mean, yeah, I, I've got to say, I mean, you know, obviously I've never been here before, but it's beautiful and there's, it could lend itself to so much. It's a lovely setting and quite a bit of land round about it. Lovely views, llamas in the fields, Beautiful decor inside and quite a versatile setup. Mm. A lovely food. We had a lovely lunch. Oh, the food so, is never had you know, anything bad here yet. So it's really, really, and and already there have been some. You, I mean, you've started this with 
some writers' events here, and hopefully Wayne is very encouraging and very interested in ten writers telling lies doing something. So well, I, I can see that happening. But Mary, you're an absolute asset to this area. Oh, I thank mean, you. You really are. <laughs> no, you really are. So, anything else, or that's lots. <laughs> well, I hate to add this, but I, I say it to my grandsons and I say it to young people. I wasn't born old. And I think one of the things about the older writer, especially people who start late in life, they do have a great advantage over the very young writers. And that's our age, because we have the experiences. You might see someone who's not very steady on their feet, and that's not through alcohol, I can't drink anymore. But believe me, I have lived a life, and I don't regret one minute of it. And that might give you a clue to, if you read the novel, what's true and what isn't. <laughs> well, we'll look forward to that, and great to hear that it's going to be available. Thanks very much, Mary. Thank you. Thanks very much, Mary. We look forward to reading the novel. Uh, there, that's us got to the end of another... Jim and Pat's West End Chat podcast. As I said at the start there, if you are uh, if you have any questions, please get in touch either through Pat's Twitter, it's at Glasgow's West End, or by email. Either email myself, Jim at GlasgowWestEnd.co.uk or email Pat, Pat at GlasgowWestEnd.co.uk. We really do want to hear from you. So don't hold back. Give us an email. Put a message on the old Twitter. Until next time, bye for now.